What's up, everyone? Back to Catch 22. I am your host, John Bowen, along with my amazing co-host, Miss Nicole Peterson Simmons. And today we have special guests on here, uh, current linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mr. Alex Highsmith, along with his father, Mr. Sam Highsmith. How are y'all doing today? Doing great. Thanks for, thanks for having us on. Awesome. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us. It, it definitely means a lot. We're excited to just have this conversation with you guys. And so I want to start it off by asking uh, Mr. Alex, you know, growing up in Wilmington, uh, I'm from uh, the Wilmington area too, kind of small town called Bladenboro. So I'm from the 910 area. How does it feel uh, representing your city, Wilmington, such a small town, uh, and just, a you know, small knit area like that how does it feel representing that at such a high level now it feels pretty cool just you know always going back and going back to see people and seeing people you know see me wherever i go and stuff like that it's pretty cool just be able to rep you know it's such an amazing uh place like wilmington i grew up there born and raised there um dad was too and so i truly love um love the city and love giving back to it it's just pretty cool you know to know that i'm from the 910 and so i'm always i'm always proud to be from wilmington that's something that I'll, that's something that's the way i always feel about it i'm always proud to be from wilmington exactly i love it man i actually have a tattoo right here that says 910 made so i always oh, always pay homage to the to the get home get one that new? no I've, I've always had this one why did i never notice it nice yeah. And so Mr. Sam Hotsmith, same for you growing up in Wilmington and going to represent at UNC. How, how did that feel going to represent at such a high level too? Yeah, that, that was cool. I was just excited just to be um, accepted at the university. And um, my I loved Carolina basketball forever. Um, had a goal of wanting to play on the JV team. Um, that didn't work out and ended up doing something else. Um, ended up cheering there for two years and I uh, was fortunate enough to cheer during, during Dean's um, first championship and uh, that was an amazing experience and just so kind of cool. that, yeah, it was, it was something. That's so cool. Cause you, you hear, no offense to the guys that won that, but we hear it from them all the time. It's, it's really cool to hear from somebody that was also a part. I mean, Hey, you guys, you know, cheer us to wins. We taught, we were told, Thing my dad and I were talking about it two days ago, just talking about how dead it was in the Spectrum Center the the other night, you know, and just having cheerleaders in general, just to bring that hype in the gym. I mean, it makes a complete difference in the game, complete difference in the players' reactions and stuff. So it's really cool to hear somebody that got to be a part of that experience that wasn't necessarily on the basketball team, but still very, very much a part of it and, and a part of that, that win, yeah. so. It's really cool. Hey, hey, you seen they saved the day in the NCAA tournament. Uh, who was it? Indiana? They saved the day. <laughs> so uh so kind of going off growing up in Wilmington representing at a high level, Alex. I want to ask you, you know, what was the recruiting experience like for you uh from mm -hmm. high school getting ready to go to college? What was that recruiting experience like? Oh, it was pretty it was pretty cool. I had a different uh, road to UNC Charlotte and a lot of guys had just a lot of recruits had in general to whatever college they went to. I uh, had a few looks from different schools. So it was really besides UNC Charlotte, of course, it was Furman and Davidson are probably the main other two. And I visited those a couple of times. I, I liked both of them, uh, but really UNC Charlotte really stuck out to me because 
not just, you know, I want to play football there, but also just the campus and the city of Charlotte. I love the city of Charlotte. I love everything about it. And I love just the way that UNC Charlotte was growing at the time. It's still growing. And uh, kind of, it's kind of a crazy way how I got there. So <clears throat> at the time, my senior year, um, Scott Braswell was the head coach at uh, Hoggard High School in Wilmington. And his son, <clears throat> Scotty Braswell, uh, he was a GA at Charlotte at the time. And I remember talking to, to Coach Braswell in, um, in my senior, during my senior year. And I told him, I was like, hey, I want to I want to I want to reach out to your son because I want to go play at UNC Charlotte. It's one of my schools that I want to play at. Um, and I reached out to him and or he, he reached out to him and they, he sent my film there. And uh, I was able to get a couple of visits or whatever. And then ended up uh, they ended up giving me a shot. Got a, um, like I said, I visited the spring game and then ended up going to <clears throat> ended up going to um, going going there, I think. I knew I was going to be on the football team and like during June. June, I got an email saying my dorm had switched. I, originally, I was rooming with some uh, um, my buds from high school, but then it got switched to a football dorm. I was like, okay, that's when it was real. And ended up walking on, walking on. Didn't even go to camp fresh first year, just first day of school type thing. I also wanted to go to Carolina because grew up diehard Carolina fan, but um, unfortunately, it didn't work out. But fortunately, you know, I I love UNC Charlotte and a lot of amazing things have happened for me there. So um, I'm thankful for the recruiting process. Yeah, that that's dope, man. I uh, I actually went to school near UNC Charlotte. I don't know if you ever heard of Belmont Abbey College. I have, yeah, Belmont Abbey. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So I started out at Belmont Abbey my first two years, and then I ended up transferring to UNC Wilmington. But I always remember uh, just going over to UNC Charlotte sometimes, and it was just yeah. such a really dope atmosphere. It's still growing, there, man. It's crazy. It's like it's crazy how much like this the the just not just the city but the campus in general is growing. Like Charlotte's yeah. on the come up, that's for sure. Yeah, it definitely is. And the program too, man. They've made like oh, yeah. still for a fairly new program, like they've made leaps and bounds, man. They've made a name for themselves. I'm excited for a good year this year. So hopefully I'll be able to have a hopefully one of the breaks in my schedule, I'll be able to come back and watch a game. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely. And so uh, I kinda wanna talk about uh kind of what was uh what were the things that you wish you knew going into college at USC Charlotte? Just the I mean, I knew how rigorous the schedule was going to be with classes and stuff, but I really didn't know. Uh, I wish I would have known that one thing I wish I would have known was to not take Friday classes. I kind of signed up for my classes late because I, a lot of the guys, football guys, like they signed them up early for classes who were like on scholarship and who knew they were going to be there. But since I was at the time just going as a regular student, I wasn't able to sign up um, until June. And I signed up for like three Friday classes and that really killed me my first year. I was a bad student at times. Sometimes I didn't go to class my, my freshman year because uh, I was lazy at times. But Dad's like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I wish I – because I ended up getting three A's and three C's, and I wish I could have that semester back because um, I know I could have got A's or B's at least in those other classes and so. But that's just the thing. Uh, the, the rigorous schedule is something that is really um, – it, it it's, it's, it's real. Waking up 6 a.m. to go lift and – then having classes and then coming back for film and practice later. That was our schedule. Um, my first four years there, we would practice in the afternoon. Um, and then um, we, when we got the new staff with Coach Healy, uh, my senior year, it was uh, in the morning. But it was just a rigorous, it's a very rigorous schedule. Yeah, I don't think people understand or yeah, kind of understand sometimes how difficult and how much time you have to put in to be a student athlete. Because I've told people sometimes it's like a 10 to 12 hour workday most yeah. days. 
it's like a job that's for sure if not more it, it, yeah i mean it definitely prepares you i know that i didn't want to play call it sorry guys my dog wanted to say hello to you guys um but i i knew i didn't want to play college basketball simply because my dad coaching and watching all the sacrifices these guys made to be a student athlete i mean not only were they meeting with their academic advisors they were on Saturday mornings at 7am coming in and working out. And, you know, that isn't a lot much of a social life for a college student. So, you know, it's funny. I think people glamorize a little bit about what you guys do, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It is. And that's, yeah, waking up at 6am is really waking up at five. I remember the worst, one of the worst things we did was my senior year. And um, it was when Coach Healy and his staff first got there, the, the staff that's there now. And uh, everyone had 8 a.m. classes and he wanted to do morning stuff. And so our first our spring our first spring practice with him, which is my last spring practice of my senior year, uh, we had 5:30 a.m. practice. So which means you had to get there at 4:45 a.m. to get taped, mm-hmm. put your pads on. So that was definitely a grind. And it was it was like late February, early March. So it was still pretty cold outside at 5:30 a.m. in the morning. So those are those are some of but you look you, you kind of look back and you remember those those tough moments because you went through them with your brothers and yeah. those are the ones you, you look back on and be like hey you remember that one time that they used to kill us with mm-hmm. the drills and the running and stuff like that like yeah. it's, it's it sucks in the moment but it's cool to look back on because you know you went through it with with some of your best friends and yeah it builds definitely your character it builds your character it helps you you know that's one thing I think maybe I, I regret about not doing that, but I almost kind of feel like I had the schedule of my dad's players because traveling and everything, we had travel a lot with them. And so, um, it does, it builds your character. And when you are out there, like you have, uh, you know, such a unique experience. It, it truly is. We see all these uh, NFL players and stuff. And we're like, Oh, wow. How cool. But you know, we think there's so many of them, but you have such this unique experience to get to where you are now, but it built that character for you that you're, that that's the reason you are where you are now. I'm sure is because you have that dedication that, you know, my mom always told us anytime you're not in the gym, somebody else is. And, you know, for you football field, whatever, but anytime you're not working on what it is that you want to be working on somebody else's and that person's going to get your spot. So the fact that you learned that character building and everything, that's just, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely teaches a lot of lessons and not just character discipline. Uh, shoot. My biggest fear was being late to a workout or a meeting. So being on time. That's so huge. Nobody yeah. wants to be on time anymore. I'll tell you that. It's, it's no, no worse feeling than uh, I think I was late to like two meetings my whole uh, college career. And I remember one of them, I woke up, it, we had, it took like, it was weird. Like it took like, I went to sleep at 12 o'clock to take a nap after my classes. And we had meetings at three. So I was like, oh, 12 to three, I got plenty of time. I literally set, this is back when I wasn't, I, I was really bad at waking up, waking up to my alarms. Like I would sleep through alarms. I set an alarm for like 145, 2, 215, 230, 245. I didn't wake up till 315. I was jumped up and it was like, it was like crazy. I was just, that's my biggest fear was missing the meeting because there ain't nothing like it. People text you like, where you at? Where you at? Like, mm-hmm. it's a real fear. It's like, it's like, it's like your heart just drops when you heart realize dropped. like, what heart dropped. And I, I, I remember it was, I was going into that spring. It was like the first meeting of spring practice. And at the time I was starting and I got the, and because I missed the meeting, I got the mode to the second string, but then a couple practices later, I got my spot back. So. 
So, yeah, that's the yeah. I don't know about I don't know about you, but when it came to the waking up early, I used yeah. to get so so much anxiety setting my alarm. I was like, man, I got I got to hear this. I would double triple check my alarm, make sure it was good. Oh yeah, all the time. Definitely, it, so, it was definitely scary. Can I ask you both this question real quick? What do you What do you think makes it different between you guys and maybe some other <laughs> athletes that we've heard of or that you know we hear about all the time, but that the fact that you guys hold that as a standard for you, uh, being on time, being respectful, because to me, a time is respecting someone else's time. So being on time is respecting someone else's time. So what made that different for you guys versus you see some of these athletes get up there, they get big and it's their time versus everybody else's. So just because you told me to be here, doesn't mean I necessarily like how, what do you guys feel? And I'm sure you had teammates that were that way. Um, maybe not, maybe you did, but if you did, like, what do you think made that different from you guys versus them? Is it character is it how you were raised what kind of made you guys feel that sense of responsibility that i need to respect this person their time and versus people that that feel like their time's more valuable than than others if that yeah. makes sense yeah yeah it does one one just how i was raised for sure for mom and dad did a great job raising me i treat everyone with respect and to do the right thing um and i think some people are just their their ego ego gets um their head gets too big you know They've kind of been that guy for for all their lives, and um, now they get to this moment, and they think that they can do whatever they want. And like, especially a lot of scholarship guys, like they get they get they get the scholarship given to them, like oh they're good. And I've seen it also like in the NFL with guys who've been drafted, like oh they've been drafted, they got that paycheck, oh they're good, you know. But something that a lot of guys get complacent like that, and that's what ends up like being the, the, the death of some guys. That's what um, leads to their failure, leads to their downfall. So. I think it's just important to, to continue to always be disciplined and everything. Yeah, I would I would definitely say for me it was it was a way I was raised too, just having that high character of like, you know, I was always raised with the mindset of if you're on time, you're late. So usually yeah. 15 to yeah, 10 minutes early. Exactly. 15, 10 minutes early. Like you want you want to be there. And it also it also just creates discipline uh within you getting there on time and also creates respect within you respecting other people's times too and it's, it's a lot bigger than yourself because you might cause your team your whole team to get punished too and you don't want to make your brothers get punished too and another thing is i, I myself didn't want to get punished i didn't want to wake up at 5 a.m the next morning having to run suicides and do towel pushes and also lose my spot too because i worked so hard to get it and i'm gonna just let one little slip up like that cause me to lose it too yeah my uh one of uh, I think my D line coach right now is a spirit. He'll, he'll say, he say, uh, he he says something like Rome. Rome wasn't built in a day, but it can be destroyed in one day. Or just like any city wasn't built in a day, but it can be destroyed in one day. So it's like you you got all this work to and just seeing guys how they get in trouble off the field. It's like all these guys have worked their whole lives to get where they are, and just like one little incident off the field or something that messes up is it's like tears them down. So you just got to always be smart what you do. Amen. Definitely. Definitely. Mr. Sam, you were, uh, like I said, you were a cheerleader at UNC, you know, still a college athlete in that role too. Kind of what was your experience like as a college athlete at UNC as a cheerleader? Well, we had, I mean, I guess a little more unique um, experience compared to the traditional athlete. We 
Um, didn't practice as much. We had two seasons, obviously. We went through football and basketball, which was great. Um, we weren't on scholarship. Um, I don't think that's changed. I still think most of the UNC children and the ones in this state are, aren't on scholarship. So we were you know, paying to go along to be there, but also participate. We were allowed to um, use the facilities for, for lifting and those kind of things. And we took advantage of that when we could. But things really, once the season started going with football and, and we didn't practice as much as basketball because as bas- during the season, excuse me, because there were more games. But um, it was just a unique experience. Um, I should tell people who would ask, we were kind of like the, the, the second most recognized group around because football players that wear helmets all the time. So unless you were Lawrence Taylor or you were Rod Elkins, who's quarterback then, or Kevin Bryant, um, people didn't really know them, their faces, but people would see us. And it was always just funny. And they were like, you look familiar. And mm-hmm. I just kind of played along with it and eventually I'd tell them if they kept asking. But um, it was just a good experience to be a, be a part of something so so big as um, UNC um, basketball, particularly, but also UNC football. Um, we were, were role models in a, to an extent, but um, we, we still represent the university. And it was our coaches talked about that as well. Make sure you're doing the right thing away from here. And it was real important. I actually ended, on, ended up going and, and coaching high school cheerleaders um, for years. I did it voluntarily. I was a full-time teacher at my old alma mater, Harvard High School in Wilmington. I did it for like seven years there and really had a lot of success with it. And I just kind of took the things that we had learned there and um, just kind of, I made it a respectful thing. I said, you guys need to be treated as athletes. There are so many jokes about cheerleaders, particularly male cheerleaders. But if you want to be treated like an athlete, you have to act, act like one. We were blessed at Hoggart. We had guys on squad every year. And um, so we had co-ed squads. We competed. I'm sure we didn't even do it in college. We didn't compete. We just, our excitement was cheering for games, but we competed in high school. And won one state championship, went to um, the national championships for six, all six of those years I was coaching, six or seven years, I forget now. But um, it was fun, but it was about family. It's one of the things I preached to the kids that I um, coached about, about family and caring for each other and sacrificing is important. So important. And I guess I took some of those traits on as a parent because um, we were actively involved in what our, both our kids did um, athletically or whatever. My daughter cheered and danced. She actually was a dancer um, most of her youth up through college. But Alex played sports. We, we supported both of them, whatever they did. Yeah. That's awesome. So may I ask, did you, did you cheer before college any, or was that just something that fell in your lap? It was really interesting. Like I said, I tried out for the JV um, team my freshman year. didn't make it. Um, <laughs> it's a funny story. Um, and Coach Williams was the JV coach at the time. And, um, <laughs> and I would, I was a pretty quiet guy, but I actually was surprised I got cut in the first round. So, not through the door, basketball office, and asked to see him. I sat there and waited till he could speak with me, and we talked. And I just kind of said, you know, sir, I just want to just want to know what I can work on for next year if I want to try it again. Awesome. Coach Williams looked at me and said, you know, I might have made a mistake. So come on out today. We'll let you get another trial. And I was shocked. Um, so I was out there. And I'm a what you call a tweener, six foot two. So when I was in high school, I could jump like crazy. I, I, I really could, could dunk a basketball with ease. Was, but I didn't have the, the, the ball handling skills or the, or the shot to be a guard and wasn't tall enough to really guard inside. 
And I noticed that that day at trials, and hmm, he knew what he was talking about. So we were running the steps at the end of practice. I said, you know what? I think I'll just not come back. Um, because he made it, he made the best choice. And the funny thing was, this, the next year, um, one of my friends in a neighboring dorm was a JV cheerleader, and me and my roommate at the time, who was from Atlantic Beach, he was this big shagger, could dance. Just go, he could do pretty much any kind of dancing. So we would go over to the dorm and dance for the girls, just kind of show off a little bit. And she actually asked us about cheerleading. I was like, well, actually, I had thought about it because one of the girls from my high school was a varsity cheerleader. So her and her boyfriend, who was on the varsity, helped me and uh, tried out and made the squad. And one of the judges was Coach Williams. So it's Coach Williams, Coach Guthrie sitting up there. You're... And I said to myself, oh, guy's going to cut me again. And that's what I remember. And I said, I was so nervous. <laughs> and I did find I made the squad. I went up to him afterwards and thanked him. Asked him about that conversation. He didn't remember it. But I said, well, thank you. Um, appreciate it. And he was the coach that I kind of stayed more in touch with over the years, my years there. And even when I left UNC in 83, um, he was always um, just nice. And I would go back to games. I mean, Alex went to, I think one of the last games we went to the Smith Center. And we waited around afterwards and saw him. And he said, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember you. And um, so it's, uh, it was cool. Cool story. Don't share very often, but um. Yeah. I love it. I feel privileged. Thank you for sharing that with us. I was meeting that guy who's the roommate of MJ's on that guy from Asheville. Um, he's yeah. all right. He's, he's, a, all, he's all right, dude. Yeah, yeah he's pretty cool. Hey, yeah, he, uh, he's the reason I'm here. So I can't complain too much about him. But it's funny Man. that you say that. My uncle, my mom's brother, is huge, huge, huge Clemson football fan. And he always said if he could do it over again, he would go to Clemson and cheer so that he could be right there around all the action, everything going on. He would have done that in a heartbeat because, and I'll remember when mom, when dad was coaching, mom would always say, there's not enough male cheerleaders. Like they just make it, they bring it together. Like, you know what she was talking about? She did coach cheer for a little bit, actually my aunt, but it is, it's a way to get you know, to be a part of this. And it is, it's, it's an, it's a, I'm telling you, you, it's a sport oh, for sure. <laughs> you, no, they are they're amazing. gymnastics and the strength, um, the stunts they throw. I mean, I, I actually was a better coach than a cheerleader. I was talking to a young lady. Well, she's not, she's not a young lady anymore, but the lady who introduced me to cheerleading, she was at my daughter's wedding this past weekend. And, and I was telling her this in the conversation, I was so much better as a coach than I was actually truly because I had to learn the technique and teach the stuff. Right. I, could just, I was coaching that I couldn't even do when I was <laughs> cheering. But so it's, yeah, it's at a different level for sure. So did you just say your daughter got married? Just got married? Yeah, she did. My baby girl got married um, past weekend in, in Durham and reception in Raleigh. That's amazing. That's where Rob, yeah. my little brother Rob's getting married in Raleigh. So we'll be traveling down there in August. So yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, I was a principal at Myrtle Grove Middle when he was playing at Noble. And I remember your dad actually came by a game at um, Myrtle Grove. One of the days I was out there on bus duty, I saw, I, I recognized that walk. When did you realize that you were going to go play in the NFL or like ha actually had a shot to go play in the NFL? I think after my uh, junior year, so my after my extra junior year, that was when I made first team all conference. And so after that year, started getting some 
talks with agents in the summer or something like that. And so I knew that I, I was very sure about getting drafted, but I knew that I was going to at least have a chance to be on drafted free agent someplace, somewhere. And I remember Coach uh, or with our new staff in, in 2019, Coach Healy, he brought in uh, D-line coach. His name's Marcus West. He's actually with the Buffalo Bills now. He, he just got a new job with them as an assistant D-line coach. And he kind of took my game to the next level. Uh, I went from three sacks to 14 sacks my senior year. And probably because one reason I was I was an interior D, they had me an interior D lineman at like 245 pounds, so yeah. I was really in the trenches at a low weight. Uh, right. Then I actually played my my actual position my senior year, like defensive end and outside linebacker. And it was just like you know you get off the ball and just go get the quarterback. And so that's something that really benefited me benefited me that year. And then uh, that you know after I was first team on conference is, is again that year and. Uh, I got my combine invite and stuff like that. And so that's really, I got my Shrine Bowl invite and everything. And just that was, it was a really cool process, uh, you know, going through my senior year and up leading up to the draft, like meeting my agents. Uh, they're awesome. They've been great so far and just meeting them and uh, starting a relationship with them. And then going, I went to, went out to Arizona uh, in, in Phoenix, Exos to train. By the way, it's the most beautiful place I've ever been. Um, Arizona's amazing. Uh, wouldn't mind. Uh, like going there again in like the off season sometimes at all be pretty cool. Uh, but just the weather there is like perfect. The mountains everywhere is pretty cool. Uh, but I had a great two months there training, uh, good combine, and then COVID hit right after that. Unfortunately, didn't have a pro day, so it was it was just weird leading up to it, like the whole virtual draft and everything like that. Even if even if I would have been like a first round type guy, I still would have wanted to stay home with my family and stuff. Um, I. We still had some family there, but it was kind of limited just because of COVID. So mom, my dad, my fiance Alyssa, uh, a couple of my best friends uh, were there as well. My sister Lauren and her husband uh, Elliot, and uh, it was just, it was it was always a memorable night. And my dad's got the video posted on 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 YouTube. I still wish I still wish we would have had like a camera running the whole time to see my initial reaction, like when I got the actual call, because yeah. we had the video. I was but I was already on the phone, but it was like probably the most surreal thing I've ever been through like I, it was a long night so the second night of the draft and it was like 10 was it 11 30 and because it was like the, the th second third round take a lot longer it's 11 30 i'm just sitting there and one of my one of my uh really good friends his name is zach played college ball with him i saw him tweet something and he was like pick 102 with the eyes with the eyes emoji and that was with the steelers pick and I'm just sitting there, and I didn't know how early they called you, so they call you like 10 minutes before, I guess, the pick comes on. Sitting there, and I just hear my phone go off, and it's from Cranberry Township, PA, and I saw that it was the Steelers and the Eagles, so I knew it was one of them, too. And then, like, they said it was the Steelers, and then, you know, I was talking with Coach Tomlin and Mr. Rooney and Mr. Colbert and everybody, and it was uh, it was truly a memorable night. It was, it was, it was, it was cool. Definitely one I'll always remember. That's dope, man. I think that that's just like every athlete's dream, man. Just hearing your name yeah. called on <laughs> on drafts, is like you know, Mr. Sam, what was it like, you know, seeing uh, Alex's hard work pay off, especially on draft night? Man, I balled, I balled um, like a baby. Um, uh, when the ESPN cameras were in there, I, I, I was good. I was just excited and just going crazy. But right after, man, it, it was just so emotional knowing that it came from. There's two schools were interested in out of high school and had to walk on. And even even when he played, um, me and my wife were talking about it yesterday. He probably should have played a lot more in sophomore year. Freshman year, he played enough. 
should have played a lot more, but the the um type of defense they run they ran didn't allow for one edge rusher to time out there. So um but going through the process, the Tennessee game's junior year was really the game. Um he went up there to at hundred thousand plus seat stadium and just he went off um that sack and a half. I think two other cycles for loss. Tell so you correct me if I'm wrong, Alex. But people were like looking at us. We we all had our Heisman stuff on. We were like, God, this really can happen. And the process leading up, and I was like, him, yeah, see, undrafted free agent. Let's hope for that. As the season got going, I said, well, maybe he'll be a late round pick. Had a great season. He was in top five in the nation in sacks and the AP All American. And we're we're sitting here going, this is this is crazy. And um, I'll say it. Um, he, he didn't get a senior bowl invite, which I, I he doesn't. He's okay with it. But I call that a big snub. And I think that kind of helped motivate kept motivate him even more. And he went down to the Shrine Bowl and did great, and really showed who he was at the um, combine. If you go back and look at the video, he he was by far I feel the most athletic and ran a drill special for outside linebackers. Um, then that call, I, I looked down, I looked over and saw PA. That's all I saw. He was telling everybody to be quiet. Shh, shh, shh. And um, just his face, the video would be excellent because he's had his hand over his face and he was trying to be composed, but he, the motion was getting to him. And we were just hugging each other. We were just elbowing because we couldn't say anything. And he hung the phone up and said, let's go. And we jumped up and it was, uh, it was, I, yeah, I can't even. Um, what is that was the guy. That's one of the things I think has kept him hungry. It's kept him humble. But when we aren't the guy, I mean, McCoy, your dad was the player of the year in the state of North Carolina. I mean, everyone knew. I mean, I followed ball then. I was so excited that he came and Michael came. And but Alice wasn't that guy. He was just a kid out of, out of Wilmington that no one really knew. And um it's, to go where he was going, man, that was that night was amazing. Was I awesome. mean, I literally it literally made me want to cry because that's it's funny because I wasn't around for my dad's moment. You know, I, di- I didn't get to see uh, a kid out of high school that, you know, you you verbally commit to Kentucky, but then you're being sc- like I've read through all my dad's letters, Scott letters from Kentucky, UNC Duke. It was Coach K's first year. Uh, basically any school in this country, big D1 school, my dad had a letter from. And then I have my brother who goes through this recruiting process. And wow. I mean, he wasn't like my dad, you know, he wasn't the number one player out of North Carolina. He wasn't getting recruited by these big schools. And Rob had one, one, well, he had a few offers, but one offer that he actually entertained because he kept telling himself and I'll, I'll give him this. He kept telling himself, I am a D one athlete. I know this. I'm good enough to be a D one athlete. And he didn't care. He went to Hargrave. He was going to make sure. And so it is, you know, that's why I wanted to cry hearing your story because that doesn't fall short. To, I mean, the, that to me is so much more, you know, being like my dad is what he did. That was so admirable. So cool. But seeing a story like yourself or, you know, watching my little brother fight just to get a scholarship. I mean, and, and the games uh, from football to basketball at all, they've all changed so much um, yeah. as far as recruiting process and all that. So I, I, that's, 
I love your story. That's amazing. Congratulations to you. That's so cool. So cool. cool. Would have gone up the next day, but COVID happened and had to stay, stay from going from Wilmington to Charlotte the next three months. Didn't meet anybody till freaking June, July. Usually they, they fly you up the next morning and get everything you get going. And no, it was straight virtual meetings till we practiced. It was, it was weird, but it was, it was still cool. That's crazy. Yeah, the other, like the computer and stuff, like getting ready for the meetings and stuff like that. Like it was, it, it, it was reality sunk in when I saw like, uh, you know, Ben, Ben Roethlisberger and, you know, Marquise Pouncey, Cameron Hayward, TJ Watt, guys like that, like in the same Zoom call as me. Like, man, that's for real. Like, let's go. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so our last question that we want to ask you, man, is what we ask everybody is what was your catch 22 moment? Meaning, what was a very pivotal decision or moment in your career or life that uh, you're really thankful for that you think was really huge in your life? Mm. Yeah, um, there's definitely been been a lot. I'd like to I'd like to mention one of just one a special moment. Um, probably my most special memory of, of Charlotte um, for me uh, when I was at UNC Charlotte playing was our, our, our senior year and we beat. Marshall to go to bowl game for the first time in history. And I'd say it was kind of like a, a catch 22 moment at Charlotte. It was pretty cool. We, we were five and five at the time. We, we so started off the season two and five and we were losing and we we're like, dang, the season's getting out of grips. And then we, we won three straight. And this is senior night for the opportunity to go to the first bowl game in program history. And it was pouring the rain and like people were still there going crazy. We, we held them to like 14 points on, on defense. And we ended up winning the game. Like the fans stormed the field after. I saw Dad like ran and hugged them. And like that moment right there was like probably one of the. It felt like a. It felt like a Super Bowl. Honestly, like it was. It was pretty cool because knowing like all the batsies that we had before, like it was pretty freaking cool. And then we got to go to the Bahamas Bowl, which is pretty cool as well. Um, didn't win, but it was still a heck of an experience. But and that was that was an amazing moment for me. And um, probably another one just like for me, just as a player. Um, that was just overall, but as a player going. Uh, we played Tennessee. That was kind of my first, I'd say, big game that I had, and uh, it was my it was my junior year, and it was our first like game against a big school, big Tennessee, and like they had 100,000 people, so you know you had the juices flowing and stuff like that. Then I ended up having like two sacks and like uh, <clears throat> two sacks and like five um, five tackles for loss or something like that. But it, it's just been a, it's been a cool ride. And I'm just thankful uh, that God has really blessed me, you know, and everything that.